ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء اتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وإنما توعدون لآت وما أنتم بمعجزين. Allah is whom we praise, we praise him, we thank him, we seek refuge in him from the evil of our own souls and the evil of our passions. Whomsoever he guides, the none can misguide him. Whomsoever he leaves to uh, leads astray and can guide to the truth. And I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship but Allah alone, and that Muhammad, peace be upon him, is his slave and messenger. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah as he should be minded. Do not die except as Muslims. O mankind, be mindful of your Lord who created you from one soul, and from that soul, its mate. And from those two, spread many men and many women. Be mindful of the wombs that bore you, be mindful of those you ask your rights for, for indeed Allah has never watched over you. O you who believe, be mindful of Allah and speak the truth. He will guide you to righteous deeds and forgive you of your sins. And whomsoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has achieved the greatest achievement. The best of speech is Allah's speech. The best of guidance is Muhammad's guidance, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the worst of affairs are those newly introduced, and everything newly introduced into faith is an innovation and every innovation goes astray, and everything which goes astray leads to the hellfire, and that which was promised will come to pass, and there is nothing that can be done to avert it. On the heels of Eid al-Adha, most of us, alhamdulillah, are able to enjoy, enjoy the day with family, with friends, hoping for the safe return of them who had gone to Hajj, and rejoicing with our community partaking in the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted from us on that day, of sacrifice, of celebration, of glorification of His name, and of joy and remembrance. After Eid, what happens? Many times, we conditionalize ourselves. we condition ourselves to not only feel joy at the time of Eid, but to feel sorrow after Eid. We develop a sense of things just aren't going to be as good as they were. Now I have to go back to my woefully pitiful life. And there's a lot of self-loathing that goes into that. There's a lot of why not me or why them. We may project onto others that their holidays are so joyful. And ours, we're just not so much. When in reality, 
What we have to do is maximize the joy that we have during our holidays and our holiest of days. And we also have to not compare ourselves with others and the things that they do. But instead realize that we are where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be. We have to be appreciative of the blessings that we have. Be thankful for what Allah has guided us to and given us in this life. And developing a sense of taking those highest of highs and those lowest of lows and making them closer to each other. Closing the gap between the peaks and the troughs takes a level of self-confidence in who we are and what we do. It takes a level of expectation that doesn't make being faithful and being happy opposed to one each other, to one another. It doesn't take being someone who can enjoy time with family and someone who can be remembered of God to be opposed to one another. What do we expect of ourselves? And how do we see ourselves after these days? Do we find ourselves to be recharged and ready to enter the workforce? Ready to go back to school? Ready to care for our families? Ready to live our lives? Or is it something that we dread? We've mentioned in numerous khutbahs in the past the hadith of Hawwa, who, seen in a state of sorrow and gloom by Abu Bakr, he asked him, What's wrong? He said, Not Hawwa. has hypocrisized. He's become a hypocrite. Why is that? Well, when we're with the Prophet, we feel like our Imam is on high. And when we leave, we get busy by our jobs and our, and our families and the regular things of our dunya, our worldly life. Abu Bakr said, Each one of us is this person. Let's go to the Prophet. They go to the Prophet, and what does he tell them? He tells him, if your iman was to remain as it was when you were with me, then the angels would come and shake your hands in the middle of the street. What is he telling in here? That there's always going to be peaks, there's always going to be troughs. But there's a time for this and a time for that. You should not feel guilty that you're going back to school, back to work, busy with your life, as long as you remember to live that life on purpose and with purpose. As long as you remember to take the power and the joy and the vibrance of Allah's remembrance, the dhikr that you were making in the last couple of days and project that forward. Instead of allowing the doom and the gloom to rise up, allow the remembrance to, 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 to crowd out all other sounds. Allow the idea of takbir to resonate throughout your life. Abu Hurairah once seen walking through the streets of Medina. The Prophet going to say salam to him. He ducks down one of the alleyways, runs away. Later on he comes to him, he says, why did you run away from me? He said, Ya Rasulullah, I was ritually impure, I was junum. I needed to take a ghusl, take a bath. I was nejis. 
So I didn't want to give you salam. The Prophet وسلم, said, SubhanAllah, inna mu'mina la yajus. Glory be to Allah. The believer is never filthy. Filthiness is not something that is part and parcel of who we are. We never hold ourselves low. We never take to ourselves attributes of disgust. As the Prophet also said, No, no one should say that I feel filthy. He should say, I feel beside myself. Why? Because it's not befitting that we describe ourselves, that we hold in emotions that bring us down. So after Eid, Alhamdulillah, Eid was great, and I'm so happy to get back to work. Yes, I have, I have, I'm, I'm really looking forward to smiling in the face of that person at work that hates my guts, that makes my day. If I can make a change in his life, Alhamdulillah. It's all about perception, how you perceive yourself, how you allow others to perceive you. And that takes a level of self-confidence that you have to develop, that you have to work on. Is self-confidence wrong? A lot of times, because we have these ideas about what it means to be quote-unquote religious, what it means to be faithful, that we have to be the person that's always overly self-deprecating, downing on themselves, doesn't recognize the gifts that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. And we think that that's humility, and in fact it's deception. We think that that's being humble, and in fact, we're denigrating our own selves. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And so the blessings of your Lord speak of them. Was Yusuf alayhi salam, when he was approached by the Potiphar of Egypt, by the king of Egypt, when he was approached by the king of Egypt to be given a position, what did he say? Well, I don't know what you see in me. I'm really a horrible guy. I'm not sure why you would want to put me in this position. You know, actually, you should consider. He didn't say any of that. Okay, you want to give me a position? Put me in charge of the storehouses of grain. I am trustworthy, and I am meticulous. This was not deceptive. He was not deceiving himself. He wasn't prideful. He didn't lack humility. He had confidence in his own abilities. He had confidence in what Allah had endowed him to be able to do. And this is why it is not befitting of us to seek after things that were not meant for. One of the companions of the Prophet came and asked him for a certain leadership position. He wanted to become a leader. He wanted to become an emir of something. The Prophet told him, We don't give this type of position to someone that comes asking for it. And so you, if you're able to not lead two people or more, then do so. Here the Prophet was telling him, I know you and I know your abilities. Be honest with yourself about your own abilities. So be honest with yourself about your good abilities as well as your bad abilities is no fault of your own. You're not faulted for saying, hey, this is something I don't know. 
Don't ask somebody else. Someone came and asked me my matter. I have all these questions for you. I need you to ask all of them. I need you to answer all of them. Out of 30, 40 some questions, he answered maybe two or three. All of the rest he said, let me, I don't know. He said, so I came to you with this list of questions and now I have to go back to my people with this list of questions. What am I supposed to tell my people when I said I traveled all the way to Madik? And I asked them all of your questions. Tell them, Madik Tell them Madik doesn't know. There's no harm in recognizing where you're not affected and recognizing where you are affected. And recognizing in others the same and giving good advice based on that. The daughter of the shepherd said about Musa, the best person that you can hire is someone who is strong and trustworthy. So there is a difference between self-confidence and self-deception. How do we develop self-confidence? The Prophet وسلم, he said in a hadith that's mentioned in some of the tertiary works of hadith and Imam Siyuti in his jamah. Shaykh al-Bani, I believe he said it was Hassan. إِنَّمَا الْعِلْمُ بِالْتَعَلِمُ وَإِنَّمَا الْحِلْمُ بِالْتَحَلِمُ فَمَنْ يَتَحَرَّ الْخَيْرِ يُعْطَرِ وَمَنْ يَتَوَقْفَ الشَّرْءِ يُطَرِ أَوْ كَمَا قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ Knowledge, the Prophet said, knowledge is only gained by learning. And forbearance, patience, is only gained by being forbearing. So whoever searches for good will find it. And whoever seeks protection from evil will be protected. So it's not only about the expectations that you set for yourself, the confidence that you have in yourself, but also the actions that you take to move yourself and your loved ones and your community forward. This goes beyond ourselves many times. It's not just about how we see ourselves as individuals, but how we see ourselves as communities, how we see our leadership. What are the expectations and the confidence that we have in them, in our families, in our masajid, citywide, nationwide, so, so on and so forth. We complain a lot, and we say, for example, very common complaint, and I ask Allah, these imams, the person is only an imam because you hired them, so what are you saying about yourself? When you complain about someone that you put in that position, if you have horrible employees at your, at your work, at the place where you work, and you're the hiring manager, whose fault is that? Set better expectations for yourself and others, you will find that good. Whoever seeks, seeks out diligently good, then they will be given that good. أقول ما تسمعون أستغفر الله لي ولكم وليسادة السبيل كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الرحيم.
وعلى اله واصحابه ومن تبعهم باحسان الى يوم الدين امين All praise is due to Allah, and His peace and blessings be upon His Messenger, His family, His companions, and all those who follow them in righteousness until the Day of Judgment. Ameen. From the beautiful Adriyat, the Prophet ﷺ, narrated by Anas, Abu Bakr, found in the Sunnah of Timnidi as well as Abu Dawood, that the Prophet ﷺ said, The dua of someone who's in trouble is Allahumma rahmataka arju Oh Allah it is your mercy that I hope in it is your mercy that I hope for fala takilni fala takilni ila nafsi tarfatain so don't leave me to myself for the blinking of an eye wa aslihni shadni kullahu la ilaha and mend for me all of my affairs. Mend for me everything about me. Fix everything about me. There is no one worthy of worship from you. Your self-confidence should be rooted in the idea that you gain strength through the strength of Allah. That you realize that this life is temporal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one that is everlasting and hayyul. You gain strength and self-confidence through rooting it in your connection to Him. And through that connection, you are able to build loving, beautiful, and productive connections with all of those around you, even those you don't like. Even those who bring you negativity. Even those who want to pull you down. How do you do that? One of the ways is by reminding yourself this dua of the Prophet in Hadith of Anas he says he used to say it every evening and every morning every morning after Fajr every eve or every evening after Asr if not then after Mother it's important that you remember that your strength your confidence your good expectations will be met by good by your Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala but you have to have them first. It takes the initiative on your part first. Developing yourself. Hoping for good, and you will be given it. In one hadith of the Prophet narrated by, or, or narrated by Abu Hurairah and recorded in Sahih Muslim, that the Prophet said, the strong believer is better and more beloved by Allah than the weak believer and in each of them is good Seek what will benefit you. Be diligent about those things that benefit you. Seek the assistance of Allah. And don't incapacitate yourself. Don't hold yourself back. And none of you should say that when something happens to him, something bad happens to him, the implication, 
if I had only done this or had only done that, that this or that would have happened because if opens the door for Shaitan. Shaitan wants to hold you back. He's the one that wants to keep you in the trough. He's the one that wants to pull you down lower than that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants you to rise above that. And know that while you're in this life, you will have ups and downs. Yes. Because he's teaching you the lesson not to become hopeful, not to become attached to, not to become infatuated with those things that are temporal, those things that are fleeting, those things that will escape your hand. Instead, attach yourself to a hayyuk, the all the, the ever-living, the self-subsisting, the eternal, the everlasting. Al-Mu'min al-Qawi khayrun Allah. The strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah. This shows us that there are different levels between us as believers. And it shows us that there are different levels of strength that we have. Some of us, mashaAllah, physically stronger than others. Some of us are emotionally stronger than others. Some of us are intellectually stronger than others. Each of us have our strengths. You might say to yourself, but I don't have what other people have. That's not true. You have what Allah has destined you to have. But have you allowed yourself to see the strengths in it or not? Sure, you might have a smaller frame. You might not have the, muscle, you know, the, the muscles of someone else. But that's not for you. That's for them. You have to look at what you have and ask yourself, how am I strong and how can I make myself stronger? You might not have the intellect of someone else, but being smart never, ran, never wins the race if you're expected to run. Look at what Allah has endowed you with and focus on that. Be diligent. Seek after what benefits you. That means that part of that strong belief and that being a strong believer is to look for those things that help you in your worldly life as well as in your afterlife. Again, that false religiosity that we think, oh, to be religious, you know, I've got to be sitting in the masjid several hours a day, you know, and wearing uh, certain clothing and, and doing certain things and I can't go out and work and I can't do this and I can't do that. That's not what's expected of you. You're expected to be a believer in your worldly life and a believer in your afterlife. You're expected to develop yourself and embody what's the best about you in every single thing that you do and in every single setting of your life. Some of us are weaker. How do we seek strength? Through Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But we have to seek after what benefits us, not the things that harm us. That's the problem. After Eid, we start thinking to ourselves, oh, well, back to my home drum life. I guess I'll just go back to doing what I was doing before. I can't keep this up. When we forget that it is small, consistent actions that are more important than large events. It is the process that is more important 
than the event. The event happens in your life. Eid happens in your life. The first 10 days of the Hijjah happen. The first 10 days of Muharram, which are going to be on us, upon us soon, are happening as reminders that you need to recalibrate, you need to reset what you're doing. Remind, because reminders benefit the believers. But those events are only there like alarm clocks. And the process Allah outlined for you in the Quran. Successful is the one that purifies it, his soul. And ruined is the one that pushes it down, that suppresses it, that steps on it, that denigrates it. How do you denigrate it? Through disbelief, through innovation, through sins, through lacking recognition in what Allah has endowed you with and given you the ability to do that benefits you in both this life as well as the next. Every single thing that we do should try and should be an endeavor to realize that this life will leave us and that only Allah is there for us. That the strong believer being more beloved to Allah shows us as well that we should be trying to embody the attributes of Allah through our life and taking them as our examples in how we act. Allah is al-Qawi, He is the strong, and that's why He loves the strong believer. In Allah Allah is beautiful and He loves beauty. Embodying beauty in your life is part of your faith. Those who show mercy will be shown mercy by our Rahman. All of these things are important to bring about a significant change in your life and to have you ask the question. And I'll leave you with this. Have you asked the question in your life? What is it that you truly value? What you're going to say to me is, I value my family, I value Islam, I value learning. No, that, those, aren't the, those aren't the answers. What is truly important to you about what you value? And what do you value? Go home today and ask yourself that question. Try and get to the bottom of what is truly important to you in your life and how it connects to what Allah has given you in this life and what you're doing with it now and where it leads you to in the next. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all with self-confidence. May Allah bless us all with, with the confidence that He is there for us when no one is there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all to be forgiven after the season of Hajj and to return the Hajjaj back to us safely. Allah forgive us of our sins and our transgressions and our affairs and make our feet firm, O Lord of the world. Allahumma rahmataka nawju falatakimna ila anfusina taqa ta'in. O Allah, it is your mercy that we hope for. So do not entrust us to ourselves for even, for even the blinking of an eye. Allahumma aslih lana shu'unana kullaha. O Allah, mend for us 
all of our affairs. And there is no one worthy of worship but you. Allah, 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 Allah,